Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. So I want you to turn to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12. And um, once you get there, look up here because I, I, this is a little bit of a, this is kind of personal in the sense that I need to walk, uh, walk with you how I got here very briefly. Genesis chapter 12. So this past week after prayer meeting, actually on Thursday morning, Chrissy and I flew out to a pastor's conference. I've actually been invited to this pastor's conference a number of times and I have not gone. I don't do a lot of that. But for some very specific reasons, um, I, I knew that I needed to go to, it was a conference for Assembly God pastors of churches over a thousand people. And, um, and so anyways, I went um, and they, they had some, some, you know, speakers there and, um, um, you know, I picked up a number of things there. But uh, I want to be real candid with you without coming across critical, okay? So I'm being candid. You know, when you're a pastor, you can't share everything in the same way a parent doesn't share everything with their kids because you don't want people to worry or you don't want people to get the wrong perspective, okay? Um, I would never want anyone in, in our fellowship to feel cynical, okay? But I want to be candid with you. Um, so after being part of the different meetings, I really felt like most of this doesn't relate to life in the city, you know, because where I'm at is, is kind of hard times in the city, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, so um, I feel like a lot of it related more to suburban churches. And one of the things that got me a little bit discouraged was that there's a lot of money being raised um, in churches, um, but for the most part, they have forgotten the cities of America. They somehow have forgotten the fact that um, we, uh, Chicago, uh, uh, is leading the country, leading the nation in shootings and murder. And a lot of, I was speaking to people who would say, uh, oh, I'm from this city. And I was like, wow, you're in the middle of that city. I want to not be careful, right? You're in that city. And they were like, well, I'm actually 15 minutes outside of the city. If I had that, question, that conversation once, I had like five times. Well, we're kind of close to the city, you know. And I, I kind of, I was a little bit, you know, discouraged by that and, um, but so the, con the conference ended Friday and um, Saturday, yesterday morning, you know, I get up early and I was out early. We were actually in Florida, so um, it was a little chilly, but not as chilly as it is here. I was outside and um, had a nice seat and I was looking at the water and I was praying. You know, let me give you a piece of advice. When stuff bothers you, talk to God. Okay? Don't talk to everybody. Talk to God. Talk to your heavenly Father. Okay? That's where you get perspective. That's where you get 
uh, insight, and that's where you get power when you talk to God. Amen? So anyway, I was talking to the Lord, and at a certain point, I said to the Lord, Lord, I, you know, I feel like the cities are being forsaken. And, um, and I felt the Lord say to me, I haven't forsaken the cities. I have my people there. And I felt like the Lord said, that's why your people are there. That's why you're there. And I said, Lord, you've promised us a lot of things. And he said, yes, in the same way I promised Abraham. Now, you know, I, again, I hesitate to talk about these things because I never want to give someone the impression that I've got this, like, audible thing going with God. Hey, God, yeah, yeah, you know, Lord, hey. Oh, yeah. It's not like that. I'll never forget when, when I first became a Christian, someone was, I watched, put a Christian TV show. I like, this was like the last time I think I watched Christian TV practically because somebody was talking, and while he was talking, he was like, hold on, yes, Lord? I was like, I'm from Brooklyn. Come on. I'm going to buy that. You know, I don't buy that. You got to be kidding me. You know, so I don't want to give anyone the impression I'm like on, but, but this was a holy musing that can take place where because of what you've sought and because of time, because of things that you've read, there's a sense where the Spirit of God is ministering truth to you. And so that's kind of what was going on. And, um, and the Lord actually led me to Abraham. And I, as he led me to Abraham, I felt like he led me, he gave me a word for our church, which I want to share very briefly. But the Lord was saying, listen, my people are there because I have not forsaken the cities. That's why your church is there. Do you know that our particular neighborhood is twice as dense as the average neighborhood in Chicago? Did you know that over 50% of our kids are reading below the standard reading level? Over 50%. And our standard reading level is super low. So that's double low. You get what I mean? And we have so many isolated families in this city. An isolated family in our community, just in our community. An isolated family is a family that when something negative happens, they don't really have any place to turn. Part of the reason why so many kids go into the foster care system is because there are lots of isolated families, families where the dad left, and they don't have a lot of family around, and so it's just a mom, in many cases, struggling, and if she hits a hard patch, the city will come and take the kids because she's hit the wall, and she doesn't have a grandma, grandpa, a brother, or sister. She doesn't have a loving community like this one to say, help me. And so these are the realities of where we're at. And um, there's all kinds of issues. Just I'm talking about right down the block. 
You know what I mean? And, and look, our church, virtually every week someone is getting saved. Virtually every week families are changing. Things, people are being transformed by the power of God. There's a lot of things happening here. We have a lot of stories. We have a lot of serving. But brothers and sisters, how many know God wants to do something way greater than what we are dealing with right now? How many would agree with me today? Amen. Okay, so let me read to you some verses and, um, uh, and just make a few points so we could pray. So here's what he promised Abraham, and I want to say to everyone that we are all part of the line of Abraham, and the Lord led me specifically to Abraham. Abraham is the father of everyone, faith. Abraham is the father of faith. We're part of the line of faith. When we believe God, how many know all things are possible? Okay? So as we go to read, come on, I see some of you guys are reading ahead. Stop, stop cheating. Okay, let me just say this, all right? Look at me for a second. Please, everyone, just look at me. When we read this today, part of the word of the Lord to us is that God wants to reshape or refocus our perspective as individuals and as a church. Okay? So let's read. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that, everyone say so that. So that you will be a blessing. Right, let me read that one more time. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Now, the title of my message today is Blessed to Be a Blessing. And what I felt the Lord speak to me, please look at me right now. What I felt the Lord speak to me yesterday morning was this. Remind the people, tell the people that I have blessed them not just to be blessed. I have blessed them to be a blessing. Remind the people that the way I move my kingdom forward is the way I have moved it forward from the beginning of time. Wherever there is a family, wherever there is a heart, where there, wherever there is a people who recognize that I want to bless them, but not just to be blessed, but I have blessed them so that they will be a blessing. Whoever gets a hold of that, no matter how much they try to bless, they will never be out-blessed by me. I will keep blessing them so that they can be a powerful blessing. And listen, a lot of people focus on being blessed, but they don't focus on being a blessing. You see? And what he said to Abraham, lots of people talk about the miracle that God did for Abraham. But what they overlook is that there was a reason for all of the blessing. 
okay? And the reason for the blessing was so that he could be a blessing. And I want to pray right now. I want to pray for our hearts. I want to pray for our families. I want to pray for our children. I want to pray for our grandchildren. I want to pray. We're going to keep reading in a moment, but I, but, but I want to, we need to stop here because I want to read the rest of this on the basis of this. You know, a lot of us here, listen, we have, a, we have financial problems in this room. We have emotional, spiritual challenges. We have future issues. We have relational issues. We have all kinds of stuff going on. But we, we lose sight of the fact that even in the midst of all of this stuff, if you compare us to the rest of this world, we are in the, in the percent of the elite. You see? And, and, and we spent the beginning of this year, listen closely, we spent the beginning of this year talking about seeds. And God says, based on how you use your seed, if you use your seed to expand my kingdom and to be a blessing, I'll give you more seed. How many know God is not short of anything? But he wants us to understand before we experience this outpouring of blessing, our hearts have to be yielded to a very specific truth and principle today. He blesses us so that we will become a blessing. And so I want to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I I pray for... Everyone in this room, I pray for the Chicago Tabernacle. God, I pray, Lord, for the future of this church. Should you tarry, Lord God? I pray, Lord God, that, that this church would always have one focus. Lord, to be a blessing, oh God, to see your kingdom come, to see your will be done, oh God. Lord, that we would walk in relaxed intensity, that yes, Lord, we would enjoy your blessings and enjoy life, but Lord, that our focus would be to be a blessing to you and your kingdom and to this city, and wherever we go, Lord, we're called to be a blessing. And Father, I pray, Father, that the barriers on our hearts and our minds and and on our faith that says, Not me. I have too little. I have too many battles. I pray that those barriers would be broken in the name of Jesus. So bless our time, these remaining moments, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen Amen. and amen. Okay, let's go back to the text. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. Okay? The people of God should have a greatness about them. The church of Jesus Christ should have a great presence about it. Because God, we're the people of God. Can I get an amen? And then it says, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the, of the earth shall be blessed. All the families of Chicago, we can claim it. He promised it. We can claim it. We can claim it. All the families of Chicago, we can claim it. We can say God spoke it by his mighty power. It says, so Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took, his, took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all of their possessions that they had gathered, and, uh, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. They came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. And here's how it closes. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And so what I want to do right now is I want to talk about what Abram did to experience the blessing and to become a blessing. You see, there were certain things that he did, and like I said, we have to recognize God loves this city, God loves this world more than we could ever believe, and we need to see that we are here to affect this city and this world in a powerful way. That's why we're here, okay? Do you know, I, I pray for Rigo a lot. Rigo's been in this, in this terrible accident, and he's gone through so much. And, uh, um, and honestly, we pray for all of you, and when you guys are going through stuff, we pray for you, and we wrestle for you in prayer, you know? And there are things that we don't understand. But here's what we do understand. We understand that all things work together for our good. And we understand that God uses even our hardship so that we could stand and bring glory to God and inspire someone else and produce hope in someone else's family and produce faith in someone else. And as someone reaches out in faith, God sends his mighty, healing, saving, transforming power. And people not only get into, all, into eternity, they're not only saved by the grace of God, but then they become agents of transformation. And God has a plan for Rigo's life, and he has a plan for all of our lives. In the midst of this, he wants us to affect powerful change. But here's the thing. You can't be blessed, okay? Or should I say you can't bless, truly. You can't bless unless the Lord blesses you. And the Lord says, I will bless you when you have a heart. To be a blessing. You see, there's blessing, but then there's blessing. Okay? Some of us, we get so happy because we got the new iPhone. You know? We get so happy because we got this or because we got that. I'm not talking about that. 
Okay, that's that the pagan world is walking in all of that. I'm talking about experiencing blessing from God so that you can walk into places and by your voice, by your hands, by your wallet, by your presence, okay, by your family, by your, by your home, that you welcome people into your home. Your life is about blessing other people. And you come and you know, I have been called to bring the blessing of the Lord onto this place. That's why God, and sometimes uh, the Lord allows us, if you ask yourself, why did I have to hit rock bottom? It's because sometimes we have to hit rock bottom so that we could surrender all the nonsense and get busy about the Lord's business. So there are these private faith battles that will ultimately lead, guys, to our public call to bless others. And Abraham had them. And I want to just go very quickly over uh, a few things that happened with his life. And it all was based on, on what the Lord said. So the first thing I want you to see that Abraham did is he departed. Okay? It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land. I will show you. Departing means that you leave what you've always known Okay, and what everyone around you knows in order to, the, to walk into the places that God wants to show you. Okay, if you're really going to be a blessing, you have to leave what you know and what everyone around you has always known. He left his family. He left his culture. He left, he left his place, and, and all, he just left. He said, I'm going with my family because God wants to show me something new. And we have to recognize that as Christians, if you really want to walk into the fullness of the blessing of God and become a blessing, you have to leave the world. We're so enthralled by being accepted and being popular, okay? We need to focus on being popular with heaven, with God. You've got to be willing to leave. You've got to be willing to be different and say, Abraham, where are you going? I'm going to the place that God is going to show me, okay? I'm going where God called me. And a lot of people don't hear the call of God because they're not ready to surrender to it. In other words, the Lord would say, if I would show you, you really wouldn't go anyway. You see? But see, Abraham went. You see, have you ever considered that despite all you've been through, okay, and all you're going through, have you ever considered that God has some amazing places to lead you into? And have you ever considered that God wants to take your broken, busted up story and, and do something incredible and powerful, something that defies all the odds of this world so someone can look at you and say, how did you get through it? How did you become so victorious? And you could turn around and say, because Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. That's why. He loves those stories. The whole Bible is stories of, of, of the odds being stacked against his people. Gideon, you have too many people. You'll take the credit. Get down to 300. 30,000 is too many soldiers. You see? 
You see, he knew that they didn't have, they only had a couple pieces of fish and bread. He loves those stories. He loves to say, will you give me your fish? Will you give me your bread? If you'll give it to me, if you'll just leave from what everyone else is doing and follow me by faith, don't you know you've got to depart from where you're at? And let me tell you something. If you really want to walk into this kind of impact, okay, you can't be in the same place in God that you were a year ago or two years ago. Where's the faith? What have you left? We encourage people. We pray for people. We talk to people. Some people, we're grabbing them. Some brothers, we're grabbing them, and we're trying to drag them out of where they're at. And they, and they just stay. Don't stay anymore. For the sake of the kingdom of Christ. How many know it's time to depart? You know, it's time to depart. We have to leave. You see, you know one of the things that I had to learn, and now i got to move quickly, but when I became a Christian, one of the things that I had to learn is the difference between being mildly prosperous and blessed. Okay? So look, it, my neighborhood, it was such a ghetto, right, that I felt rich. My dad never made more than $30,000 a year his whole life. But we had a car, you know. I didn't have like seven pairs of sneakers, you know. And uh, um, I used to like Converse's. I remember when Pro Keds came out, they were a little cheaper than Converse's. <laughs> and I used to be, Dad, I'll just wear my holy Converse's with them big giant hole in the bottom. I do not want to wear Pro Keds. And he said, brother, put those pro kids on right now. You understand? But still in my neighborhood, I had a mom and I had a dad, and we were, we were blessed. You know, everybody was eating rice and beans at my house. You know what I mean? So, so we were prosperous. In my mind, we were. You know, I never felt like a poor, unfortunate soul, you know. But we all have our levels. And then when I became a Christian, it was like, this is a whole new world. These people, they love. These people, they give. The husbands talk to the wives differently. It's one of the things. When I saw husbands and wives, I was like, this is different. When I saw what they were teaching their children, I, I, when I, the things that I learned as a kid growing up in the hood, even things that my dad said, dirty, filthy, I was like, this is a whole new world. You know, this is different. This is different. This is so different. But you know what? That's where Jesus is, and I want it. Listen to me. You have to depart. Okay? If you want to stay in your comfortable world, you will never be the blessing. He said, go. Everyone say go. Go to the place that I'm going to show you. And you have to learn how to be blessed. And you'll learn the word of God will teach you. Now, very quickly, after you depart, then you have to enter. If the musicians would come. After you depart, you have to enter. 
Notice what it says. Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions and they had, uh, that they had gathered and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to go to the, to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of, of Canaan, Abraham passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak at Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Canaanites were in the land. Now, the Canaanites were always the enemies of God. The Canaanites were always there. And if you're going to really walk by faith, you're going to have to step into territories that are adversarial. You will step into battles. Some people, they, you know, you can go on YouTube or go on and, 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 and on a lot of websites and you can hear sermons that when you become a Christian, that it's all blessing and prosperity. That's baloney. There are battles to fight. There are deaths to die. You have to die to yourself. Some of us, we have the Canaanites right inside here. How many of you got a bunch of Canaanites right in your own heart and in your own life? All right, you didn't raise your hand. That's cool. I know it's true. You see? Well, listen. He said, I want you to go there, okay? I want you to enter into that, that territory. Entering means that you're confident in the promise of God, that God is going to fight for you and protect you and give you victory in places of battle. But you don't understand, alcoholism runs four generations deep in my family. Okay, those are the Canaanites. But how many know Christ is greater than every Canaanite of alcohol? I don't want to get married. Everyone in my family is divorced. Every family in my family is broken. Everyone is angry. Everyone is bitter. You know, the people who live together look happier than the people who are married. But it's right into that. God wants to break that lie by his mighty power. He wants to break it and raise up families that are full of God and full of love and full of his holiness and power. We got to get married and have godly children, guys. You see, there are all of these territories that we have to step into by faith and say, God, you promised it. And since you promised it, he said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. I will fight for you. How many know we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus? We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And so, listen, it's, it's, that, it's when you enter the new territory, that's when your story becomes God's story. Until you do that, until you enter into the new story, your story is really not God's story. Because God's story of your life is a story of faith. You get what I'm saying? And so you got to enter in. What is God calling you to step into? What is he, what is he saying? Step in. How many know there, there's, there's new, tory, new territory for us? Emotionally, spiritually, financially, ministerially. What's your ministry, guys? We've been talking about this. 
What are you doing in the kingdom? Who are you talking to? 15 people? Why not 250 people? Why not? I'm happy for the 15. Okay. How many know that we should be doing exceedingly and abundantly more? This whole place should be on fire. Okay? We shouldn't have enough seats in this place. But not because of me, but because of what God is doing in you. I have a part to play. I don't, and I don't want to, you know, I'm trying. And the pastors are trying. My wife, we're praying. We're seeking God. We're trying to train you. We're trying to inspire you. We're trying to equip you. We're trying to minister to you. But at the same time, listen, the church of Jesus Christ is asleep. People are just, they've got this mindset of, oh, God, give me a blessing today because I want to survive this week. How many know we are called to do more than survive? called to do more than survive. Yeah, all of these, all of these things. Faith means living a life and entering into a journey that is backed solely by the promise of God. It's because you said that. Okay? So, if I could say this and then we're going to close. Singers are going to come. Make the last point. We'll close. You know, when we left New York to come to Chicago, I was praying one morning, and the Lord gave me a promise. And the promise was, was I got two very significant promises since I've, when we first got here. The first promise was um, out of Amos, where he said the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. And so I remember... My father-in-law, we had just, we were, we had put our house on the market. We were leaving New York. We had put our house on the market. We had prayed, God, if we're called to leave, if you're really calling us to leave, Lord, don't let people walk through our house. We don't want our kids to, our kids were crying. Our kids cried so hard for a couple days when we told them that we were leaving, grandma and grandpa, on both sides. They cried for days couple of, we didn't let him go to school. I mean, not Tommy. He was so young. He was crying because they were crying. He didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> I remember looking at him. He's like, oh, snap, I should feel bad, but I don't know why. <laughs> but the other two, they were jacked up, man. We kept them home, and the whole day we said, Lord, please, if you're going to sell our house, sell it fast. It sold in one day. Amen. And it sold for bidding more which in essentially basically paid for all of our first few years here. Well, the money we made on the church basically paid for our being here for the first few years of our church, first three or four years actually, you know. And so just sold just like that. And, and I remember praying and God said, the reaper will be overtaken by the plowman. It's going to be quick. And I said, Chris, I don't know how God's going to do it but we're going to get a couple of people very quickly, and God is going to start something very quickly. And I remember my father-in-law, right before we, we prayed, he said, hey, listen, why don't you start a church? Because everybody was crying. He said, why don't you start a church in New York? Pick a place, and we'll help you. I could send you two, 300 people. We could send you. We'll build it fast. And I was like, 
oh, snap. He said, well, pay your salary for a couple years. I was like, oh, double snap. Uh, that sounds good. <laughs> and I said, Pastor Simba, we're about to sign on the house. I got to go home and talk to my wife. And the Lord had already spoken to me that morning out of Isaiah that said, depart, depart. Touch no unclean thing. But I called Chrissy, and Chrissy said to me, I said, Chris, here's what your dad said. Chrissy said, listen, that's a grandpa talking. We have heard the word of the Lord. She said, Al, we have to go. Amen. So listen, real quick, I got to wrap this up. Man, I wish our services were longer. You know, at the conference I was just at, they were, they, they were saying have services one hour. I was like, this is crazy where we're going. But anyway, that's another. So listen. She said, we have to go. And we called my father-in-law from the airport and said, we got to go find a house. And he said, what are you going to do? I said, I work for UPS. I'm going to go fill out an application. My wife is going to fill out an application at a clothing store at the mall. We have to go. And you know what? I never worked because God began to do things. You know, Chrissy did. She got a real estate license in the first year. And she, she sold houses. We hustled. We fought. But we knew we had to be here. We had to enter into the battle. You see? And listen, listen. Are there battles? Yes. But the safest place to be is in the land of the Canaanites when God sends you. And then here's the last thing, and we'll close. Okay? The last thing Abraham did is he built an altar. Then the Lord said to Abram, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country onto the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and he called upon the name of the Lord. Faith builds altars. If you're not building altars to God, listen, something is dramatically wrong with your walk with God. I know that's a strong statement, but I'm going to say it. Okay? Christians are called to build altars. Christians are called to get before God and say, God, use me, Lord. Help me to do your will, God. Let your kingdom come or take me home. Take me home. I don't want to be just stay around to see how the, how the soap opera, the novella ends. You know, I don't want to see how things turn out in People magazine. Use me or take me home. And can I tell you something? That is the prayer of my life. Use me, God, or take me home. And that's the kind of Christianity that God wants this church to be about. Use me or take me home. I declare the word of the Lord to you. You need to start praying, God, use me or take me home. Use my gifts. Use my home. Use my family. Use my mind. Use my wallet. Use me, Lord, or take me home. 
That's what God wants to do. And there are so many opportunities. So many opportunities. But it all begins by building altars of faith and saying, Lord, I surrender to that place that you want to show me. I surrender. Take me there, Lord. Take me. Will there be some broken hearts along the way? Yes. God broke my heart. I wanted to be a professional baseball player, and he broke my heart. But let me tell you something, okay? Doing the will of God is better than walking out your dreams or my dreams. God's plan is better than our dreams. There are a lot of people who fulfill their dreams, and when the dream is fulfilled, they recognize it's nothing but an air sandwich, empty, empty, empty. We need you, Lord. If you're here today and you feel the call of God, the call to be a blessing, the call to go deeper with God, the call to surrender so that God will show you the place that he wants to take you. All right, we don't have a lot of time, but I don't care if we jam up the parking lots today. I'm going to open the altar. And I want to believe God to move upon your life and upon my life, upon the life of this church by his Holy Spirit, by his mighty power. God still visits his church. God still pours out his spirit. That's what I believe. He still pours out his spirit on his people. He still does it. And so we want to ask God to come today by his mighty power. Hallelujah, we surrender everything to you, Lord. We surrender, God. Not our will, but your will be done, O oh God. Hallelujah. If you can, take the hand of someone next to you. We're going to close. Father, we pray that you would bless to the left and to the right. God, to the front and the back, oh God. God, we pray that you would bless your people so that they will be a powerful blessing for your glory. Oh God, you know, oh Lord, what is needed for them, oh God, to fulfill the call and the plan. I pray for blessing of every type at every level in the mighty name of Jesus. But Lord, not for us, not so that we'll be comfortable or happy, but Lord, so that we will be a blessing, oh God, wherever we go, oh God. God, I pray that you would do something or that you would start something. And this church that will be multiplied, oh God, and that will be part, oh God, of the great solution, oh God, of your kingdom visiting this city. So God, we release our brothers and sisters today to be a blessing wherever they go. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.